Well, the end of Yeehaw season has come. <laughs> but hey, I'm proud of us. We we went from absolutely refusing to do small town to having an era. I honestly am sad that Yeehaw summer has come to an end. It was a joyous time. It really was. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Spice Rag Pod. We hope that you guys had a restful Labor Day weekend. Today we are covering Done and Dusted, but before we get into it, Sav, how are you doing? I'm good. I've had quite literally the most eventful six days one person can have, I think, but I'm making it through. I'm surviving. How are you? I'm good. I had my yeehaw adventure. Um... (laughs) I had camo pants to wear, but I didn't wear the camo pants. I said, this is too hot, so I wear my Nike shorts. <laughs> I said, I'm not doing this. Are you going to say who wore the camo pants? Or are we glazing your eyes? <laughs> my boyfriend wore the camo pants. He has, like, a collection of camo pants. And he, like, goes, like, went to a store in Florida where he can get, like, these camo pants for his birthday. And it's like a kid in a candy shop. It's just like how like books make me happy. Camo pants make him happy. I never thought that the hinge algorithm would lead me to this. <laughs> but it is, a, it is a growing adventure and I learn something new every day. Oh, man. But I was very um, yeehaw. And it just showed that I was a, I, my city girl was shown. But it was nice to barely have any phone reception for 24 hours. I would rather not have phone reception on, like, a tropical island. <laughs> but we saw, like, four shooting stars. We oh, saw cool. El- We saw um, Elon Musk, his, like, Space Link satellite, which was, like, really cool because it's so long. And we just, like, saw it, like, orbiting. Is that the thing that looks like a giant penis? Yes. <laughs> and it was, like, the giant is- penis in the sky? And I was just, like, it was, like, I love, like, look, like, stars and stuff so, like that was really pretty but saw some horses and some chickens it had myself a yeehaw weekend the yeast of hauls i have to share a couple of very funny stories that i have been telling emily like i cannot wait to tell this to you but i have to do it on the podcast because it is so fucking funny number one we got hit by that little hurricane last week. Our power was out for three and a half days. So that was joyous. My dog sitter did in fact bail. I had to scramble last minute. Whatever. Still made it to Puerto Rico. <laughs> On the way to Puerto Rico. So from Atlanta to Puerto Rico is like a four and a half hour flight, right? I am the one with the Delta status. Okay. So like not to flex, but I'm a gold medallion member. Like I have a shit ton of Delta miles. And so normally... I get Seth and I upgraded. So I'm sitting in the air, like in our seats. And I already had my AirPods in. I was reading my book. I was on the Mafia series. Like I was in it. They come up to Seth and they're like, hey, y'all have upgrades. Come with me. So he gets up and I'm like collecting all my shit. And they're like, okay, there's one right here and one a little farther up. Thinking that we're both in comfort plus. Okay. So I'm like, whatever, I'll sit here. I got fucked in this ordeal because it was an exit row. So I didn't have a TV. It was fine anyways, but I didn't have anywhere to put my bag. So I'm like, here, I'm going to give Seth my bag to put under a seat. So I start walking up to the front of Comfort Plus and I'm like, 
where the fuck is this bitch? And I see his little hat sticking up at seat 1A. I lit his ass on fire. <laughs> he told me this after. <laughs> I looked around. I said, this is some baby back bullshit. Seth. And I shoved my bag at him and I walked back. And the people in first class were like, who are these white trash rednecks causing a scene in my area? Meanwhile, the people in Comfort Plus are like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, my husband left me. He took my upgrade because I'm the one with fucking status and left me in Comfort Plus in this dingy ass exit row. So we are all laughing. Um, So that is my first story. Seth and I started off in a fight. (laughs) So mad at him. I didn't take a single bag. I just got directly off the plane. And he had to get my suitcase, my backpack, and his backpack. And I said, fuck you, bitch. I'm not talking to you. I was so mad. Okay, so that's my first story. We started off in a fight. Then we get to Puerto Rico. And... I think that Judy, my mother-in-law, is listening to the pod because she's reading everything that I recommend. So last week I talked about how much I loved Finn Rhodes. Finn Rhodes Forever. It's the fourth in the Queen City Cove book by Stephanie Archer. And so she's been reading them. And she got to Finn Rhodes while we were in Puerto Rico. Okay, there's there's a scene in this book where... She's basically like how to lose a guy in 10 dazing him and trying to get him to dump her by like being obnoxious. So she takes him to a book club that is smutty book club. They're reading Ice Planet Barbarians, like something of that nature. And his mom is in it. Okay. (laughs) I was like reading this laughing out loud. Like the mom is purposefully trying to make him uncomfortable. She says penis a bunch. She's like talk it's hilarious okay so judy gets to this point in this book and starts doing it to seth the whole way i'm so (laughs) done he she will be like reading and (laughs) she's like "Ooh, they just had sex (laughs) what is going on it was literally like word for word explicitly what's happening in the book and then she moves on to a shifter fantasy series. So yesterday when we were flying back, we had the same first flight. So like at breakfast and then at the airport, she like, ooh, and a wolf shifter has entered. And now they're having a reverse hand It was so funny. So I know we- Seth was red. I know Seth was red. Me and Judy made Seth's life miserable yesterday. So that was his payback for being a bitch ass and stealing my first class flight. But it was so, so funny. I would have been shaking your Stanley cup. The one that has the, (laughs) your friend who's a divorce lawyer. Well, and then he goes, he didn't. Okay. This is a lesson for everyone who maybe doesn't fly a lot. He was like, I was like, oh, well, did you at least like have some drinks and get dinner? And he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, what are you talking about? This motherfucker didn't have a single drink and didn't accept his dinner because he thought he had to pay for it. No, listen. So one time when I was flying back from Charlotte, it was like during the pandemic, right? And after my hip surgeries and stuff, I fly Comfort Plus. I will just flirt and I fly Comfort Plus. To get upgrades. So, you know, the day before when you check in, they have. So to upgrade grade to first class it was eleven dollars so of course I upgraded to first class I don't I don't care 
I don't care that it was a 45 minute flight. When I tell you, I think I had three glasses of wine in that 45 minute span. I was like this, I'm going to take full advantage. And you know that if you fly comfort, you get drinks for free. You get beer and wine for free in Comfort Plus, and then you get yes. liquor for free in first class. Yes, because when I flew to DC, um, I was flying Comfort Plus, and Delta just came out with their espresso martinis. Mm-hmm. So the flight attendant was making everybody in first class and Comfort Plus, like the espresso martinis. I just, this is a lesson. If you don't fly a lot and you're listening to this, let us look out for you. If you're in Comfort yeah. Plus, beer and wine, free get zooted. If you were in first class and you don't have a single drink, that is a waste of a first class ticket. That's you should drink. That's the thing. One thing I'm not bougie about a lot of things, but the one thing I'm going to be bougie about is flying. I'm only flying Delta. Like I'm going to be bougie when it comes to flying. I just like, first of all, it was me that gets us up upgraded yeah and he saw that one was in first class and one was in comfort plus and he was a selfish little bitch (laughs) he made me sit in comfort plus and I will not forgive him but the upside is that his tv didn't work so he had to sit there in (laughs) silence and I was like that's what you get motherfucker that's what you get so yeah those are my two stories Puerto Rico was actually really cool I we know that like this is not a geography podcast. I didn't really know that it was like part of the US. So, but it was like really easy to navigate. Almost everybody spoke English. We rented a car. We were able to drive places. Um, so it was really fun. But it was a lo- it was like a, almost a four hour flight, which I did not expect. That's really long. My brother wants to go next fall to Portland, to Oregon. And I really want to go too. And I did not know that it was like a six hour flight. Yeah. And you're going, it's not as bad going there because you're losing time. But when you come back, you're like fucking, it's actually like 11 hours. Cause you, again, we don't, we never claim to be a time zone podcast. No, no. (laughs) We get very confused about time zones, but you're like, you're hopping a lot of them if you're coming back. Yep. If you have been listening to us for a while, the sniffles from my end are about to stop in less than 20 days. Play. I'm getting my nose fixed. I'm so, so mad that they can't just like hop in there. Not that I think you need a nose job, but because I know that you want a nose job, like, can they not just give you a two for one? I know. And like, the fact that they have to fix my deviated septum, everything is going to be covered by insurance. So why can't they? But it's not being covered because I'm going to like, um, like an ENT doctor, like an ears, nose, and throat doctor. So they don't do like rhinoplasties. So if I went to like a plastic surgeon, then they could do it. But um, I went to like a ENT doctor. It's just like, what's the point of getting nose surgery if they don't also just go in and like touch it up? You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Oh, yep. Surgery number 10 at my ripe age of 26. That is atrocious. But I do definitely think that as like going into like what we've been reading, I think because I'm not gonna be able to like bend down for a while. I'm I'm gonna become an audiobook girly. I'm gonna get audible. You do it. I also think you should just do Libby audiobooks because I still am very much on my Audible as a scam soapbox. Okay, is there like an app for that? No, just do it through Libby with your library card, and then you can look for just audiobooks. Okay, but I have to download the app, Libby. Yeah, 
and start requesting them now so that by the time your surgery is, you'll have some like backlogged. Because they're free, right? From Libby? Yeah. Okay. I've also heard that if you're on Kindle and you download a book to Kindle Unlimited, so like for free, and then you uh-huh. go to buy the audiobook, it's half of what it would normally be because you'd already downloaded the book. Oh, that's interesting. So you could just buy the audiobook for actually less than you could like renting it from Audible. Interesting. I just downloaded Libby. I'm here to help you on your audiobook journey. Thank you. Should we get into what we've been reading? It feels like a good segue. Yes. So I only read Done and Dusted this week. And I think like, I think now I have to become an audiobook girly to get like some reading done. I am on a full blown bender. I read, you, re- you really are. I read three books yesterday alone. Um, I read six books in the past six days since we last spoke. I read this series by Gabriella Sands. It's like a mafia series. It starts with when she unravels and then you have when she tempts and when she falls Super interesting. Easy peasy read. Nothing crazy. It's like a little dark, but not super explicitly dark. I think the men are great. I think the women are better. So I would recommend. Is it going to change your life? No. But if you want like a quick three and a half to 3.75 star series, that's my recommendation. Now... (laughs) I've been reading this series. We have to have a whole discussion on this shit. I'm I'm excited. I've been reading this series called the Wit Sex series. It's about a girl and witness protection. Okay. Basically, she has a serial killer that murders her whole family and she escapes. She goes into witness protection. She's 18, but this happened when she was 16. So she took a year off to like basically become a badass and be able to defend herself. So now she's 18. She has all this money because her family was rich and she also got all their life insurance. So she buys a house like in a random town in Arizona and is going back to high school. She lives next to four brothers whose parents also died. There are two twin brothers that are in like their senior year with her. We haven't covered if the brothers are 17 or 18. I think that it's intentionally vague on purpose, but alas. And so they start dating. They have a little throuple. The brothers, the twins, have dated the same girl before. They're very in sync. It's fine. And then you slowly start to get glimpses into the relationship with the other two brothers. So she's now dating all four brothers. First of all, I am consumed. I read three books of the four books yesterday. All I'm sitting here thinking about is that I want to read the fourth book. Like, I cannot focus. I cannot go on until I finish the series. <laughs> and the other thing is that I, it's so spooky because obviously the serial killer was not captured. Why she's in witness protection. And also this bitch is the most unlucky girl alive. Like, everything bad has happened to her. She's been attacked again. Like, all this shit. That being said, I just, last night, I stayed up until 1.30 in the morning reading this book, and then I was up another 45 minutes because I was so stressed that someone was coming to murder me, and I could not sleep. But I just would like to know your thoughts on a couple of things. Number one being the four brothers. Does that give you the ick, or are you okay with it? It's giving credence. It's giving credence. <laughs> I just have to say, it's giving mid-credence. 
It is giving credence a little bit. I hated credence. I cannot put these down. I'm obsessed. I think maybe what got me with credence was that she was related to them. Yeah, she what got me with credence too was the uncle being involved and then his sons. It was like a family tree situation. Okay, the other thing with this and- book is that the boys have not all shared. There's been like no touching dicks. No, we haven't gotten to double penetration yet. I'm sure it's coming. And the twins, it was established that they had dated the same girl before. So it doesn't feel crazy. I have thoughts. The mental gymnastics I am going through to justify this is insane. Girl math, girl math with books. <laughs> girl math with books. Because we've discussed on here how we don't understand the endings, like how reverse harems happen in the future. We just have so many questions, like what happens right. in the end. So like Thanksgiving dinner. If she picks only one, like, one brother, I feel like Thanksgiving dinner will get really weird. I don't think she's just going to pick one brother, though. They have all said multiple times they would never make her choose. And they're all okay with sharing. But is she going to want to pick all four? So far, yes. So far, she's very into all four. Interesting. And they're like, again ambiguous on the high school age they're between 17 and 18 i personally am feeling like they're 18 because i don't need i don't need to have a reverse harem with children and then 23 and like 26 maybe 27 is the age range and then she is 18 okay not too bad of an age range can you also imagine being in high school and being in a reverse harem that is no no i'd be fucking telling everybody (laughs) People are for sure bullying her. And like, I'm not going to say bullying is justified, but like, girl, you got to be willing to take some shit on if you were in a reverse harem. At 18. (laughs) Can you fucking imagine? Is the spice like spicing? The spice is spicing. Okay. Incredible. Again, I literally, three books in one day, consumed. I'm intrigued. I don't know if I'm gonna I'm not gonna like put my personal steel seal of approval on this one you know what I mean like I because I'm I'm thinking that a lot of people would be outraged <laughs> and so I'm not gonna say that everyone should read it I'm giving a lot of warnings about what's gonna happen but I am you're in the chokehold I'm in it so yeah those are my six books in six days Welcome. I'm know, on a bender. Do you know where you're going to go next? No. This is, I talked last week about potentially reading the Mindfuck series. This is scratching the same itch that I feel like the Mindfuck series would give me, though. So I'm feeling good about that. I fucking love the Mindfuck series. I'm telling you. I'm such a scaredy cat. I do not think I can do another thrilling thing right okay, after this. You're talking, to the, you're talking to the biggest scaredy cat on the planet. I don't even think it's like a thriller. This feels like thriller suspense because she has, like, obviously Sister has lived through some trauma. And so she has these flashbacks to the night where her whole family was murdered, like, throughout all three books. And, like, blessed be. I'm so concerned about her mental health. But she is finally going to therapy. Thank God. Yeah, good. She needs it. 
good. So yeah, that's that's my little recap. That's what I've been up to. I don't know where I'm gonna go next. We'll see. Okay. I I just I'm supporting you along your way. I really think I need to read Happy Place before Emily Henry's next book comes out. Oh, absolutely. It's coming out in like October, right? Or did I not? Yeah. And I think Happy Place is an easy read. So I really think I can knock that out. So I'm we'll also see. really excited for Anna Huang's next book in the Seven Deadly Sins series. Yeah, so be good. I'm really trying to get into King of Pride. I didn't like King of Pride. I can't, I can't get into it. And I have the hard copy. But then I love the trope for the the third one that's coming out yeah I, I think that you have to like pride. suffer through king of pride but I found Kai to be personally kind of unattractive because he was like very string bean energy to me and that's just not we yes. all know for an offensive lineman and he was he was not giving what I needed I wonder if I can do king of pride on audible maybe and knock it out or Libby and knock it out that way before it comes out Yeah, I don't know where I'm going next. All I know is that immediately, right now, as soon as I log off work today, I will be reading the next book in this series because I'm consumed. <laughs> Getting into Done and Dusted, we brought Cowboys back to the podcast. Uh, before I get into it, we're going to talk about Lila Sage. She is a hopelessly romantic 20-something that lives in the Wild West with her loyal companion, a sweet old blind rescue pit bull. She writes romance that feels like her favorite things, sunshine and big blue skies. When she's not writing, she's reading usually about cowboys or hometown heroes, but she's been known to dabble with mob bosses, monsters, and billionaires too. Today we will be discussing Done and Dusted, which is her debut novel that follows Emmy and Luke. And her dedication is really sweet for Leo, my highway man, my sunshine, and my single drop of rain. I miss you every day. Okay, getting into... This week's plot review. Professional barrel racer Emmy Ryder is in a rush. She can't ride. She's in a boring relationship. She doesn't love her city and she's sick of playing it safe. So she runs home to her family farm for some not much needed R&R. She's hoping she can heal after some time with her brothers and dad. But imagine her surprise when her brother's best friend and hometown bad boy appears to be the only one who can help her heal. Luke Brooks is rough around the edges and thinks he is the last person who deserves Emmy, but as the story unfolds, he discovers his worth and Emmy finds her footing again. Tropes include brother's best friend, small town, rough, rugged, dirty-talking hero. Okay, so getting into it, so I'm giving this book four stars. It was a sweet country read involving, like, the brother's best friend, but it was almost too insta-love for me, especially since... They have both, like, they made it kind of known that, like, they get on each other's nerves, da da da, da. Um, So I was hoping there was just going to be a little bit more enemies to lovers. I loved the family dynamic between, like, the writers and how Gus was a protective brother and Wes was a sweet, kind brother. And, like, the dad, Amos, was just, like, a sweet, wholesome old man. Luke was a hot cowboy, and him owning a dive bar made him hotter. I don't know what that says about me, but it just made it hotter and, like, the fact that in his spare time he teaches kids, I was just like, this is hot. But he has so much potential if the word sugar didn't come out of his mouth. <laughs> so many. I was reading this while my boyfriend was playing his video games. And I was like, if you ever say sugar to me, like, that's, like, an ick. Like, I just couldn't do a sugar. And sometimes, like, when he said it, 
like certain parts of the book, I got a mid ick from like sugar. Like it just aged him by like 80 years. He did say sugar a lot more than I think he needed to. So I just started ignoring it out of sight, out of mind. And if I talk about it, I'm going to say redacted because I could not handle the number of sugars. It was too much. In the spice, in the love, it was entirely too much. It kind of reminded me of like somebody that's like cat calling you. Like, hey, sugar, come over here. I just, it just, like she liked it. Not for me, though. No, not for me. <laughs> um, I absolutely loved Emmy, and I like the name Clementine. I like, I like that name. Some parts were interesting because, like, Emmy is what my family calls me. It's like some part, like, it's just like weird, like mm-hmm. seeing like that. But um, I don't know how she kept her writing injury a secret and played things off so well, especially with how protective her family is. But. Um, she was funny and she felt like someone that I could be friends with and like I rooted for her and when somebody told her you're like my mom you're really forgiving and people take advantage of you felt felt that <laughs> um, this was small town but it didn't feel like too small town which I enjoyed and I really hope we get a book on Teddy and Gus because I know that is going to be the ultimate like friends like enemies to lovers but I am excited for the rest of the series and um, so my quotes, um, when Luke was said, there was something missing in her eyes. I hadn't realized was missing when I looked at her before fire. I started walking toward her, unable to help myself, ready to get burned. Like he was such a goner. And then he says, your family is my, is my family, Emmy. So even if you were in my bar, you would be my business. You've always been my business and you'll always be my business. Like he has always just like been overprotective. And like, I love it when a man says you're my business. And Wes was just like the sweet, kind brother who he just wanted to keep everybody happy. And um, everybody was like tiptoeing around Emmy being home, but nobody like asked. And she said, Wes, you didn't ask me why I came home. And he said, I don't care why you're here, only that you are, which was really sweet. And last, I like the small parts of like when they mentioned her mom and she talked about like how much she misses her mom. You know, she like didn't really get to know her mom. So I thought that was really sweet. I, before I get started, I think that I like sugar more than I like honey, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. No, I like honey more than sugar. No. I I can't do honey. Like, hey, honey, I'm home, rather than, hey, sugar, I'm home. But sugar coming from this, like, rugged mountain man, I feel like is acceptable. okay i gave us four and a half stars i just love cowboys yeehaw emmy's friendship with her bestie teddy made me so happy and i really loved that dynamic and i'm thankful that that was included i love the concept of having a friend where you can just like show up at their house to heal without questions and then on day four they're finally like all right we have to get out of the house like put on some fucking clothes here's an outfit we're going to a bar so I really, really enjoyed that dynamic. Luke is so hot to me. I loved him. And I loved how he suddenly couldn't look away from Emmy. Like, he'd known her his whole life. And suddenly he's just, like, enraptured by her. And, like, she grew up. And it was, I just really enjoyed that. I like when a brother's best friend isn't, I've always loved you. 
it's more like I've never really paid attention to you because you were my brother's like kid sister and now I'm obsessed with you. I personally think this is the perfect small town combo cowboy read with a little bit of family drama coming from both her side and Luke's side. Like to me, it's up there with the Chestnut Spring series. And I am so impressed that this is her first novel. Like, can you imagine your debut novel, your debut book having 13,000 reviews on Amazon? Like, yeah. Pop off, queen. Go pooky. I will not be acknowledging the sugars. I already said this, but just to reiterate, I just skip over them or I just refer to them as redacted. So if you hear that from here on out, I just will not be putting that in my spice review because I didn't like it. A couple quotes. Luke says, I get this weird feeling in my chest when I looked at her. Maybe I needed some fucking Tums or something. I love when a man is like, I'm obsessed with this woman. (laughs) And like his body is even showing it. Like it's when they're like, I have butterflies. Like must be something I ate. It's like, no, you stupid fuck. You're just in love. (laughs) And that's one thing I love because who knew that they were both in love with each other before they knew they were both in love with each other was Teddy. Yes. And so she was like, she's like, I just know. And I love when a friend can just, I don't know. It was cute. The second book in a series is always superior. And I think that Teddy's book is going to be supreme. I don't think hers is next. Oh. I think it's Wes. Oh, and yeah. Because it was like. To help him renovate. City, yeah, like city girl, country yeah. boy. All right. Well, I'm fine with whatever. Luke also says, it was like I'd spent my life getting pieces of her, and now I was finally putting the pieces together. Guess what? There wasn't a piece of Emmy that I didn't like. I just really loved this this trope of brother's best friend. I've been around you forever, and now suddenly I'm, like, looking at you because you're an adult. Yeah. At one point, Emmy says, and don't even get me started on the fucking backwards baseball cap he was sporting today. Preaching to the choir, sister. We yeah. feel it. <laughs> we understand. We are with you. <laughs> I like the fact that Luke acknowledged, like, I feel like he kind of could get away around the fact that she was Gus's younger sister. And I like that he was more focused on her being a badass horse rider more than her being Gus's younger sister, which I like that he was like, she's a badass, one of the best writers, I'm going to help her, I'm going to root for her. And I think that that was also like important to Emmy was like, she is more than Gus's younger sister. I just think there's a point in your life where like, it does not fucking matter who your siblings are. Like you can Mm -hmm. have 38 years old and embarrassed that you like someone's little sister. Like grow up yeah literally grow up literally grow up yeah it was just like this was a nice easy read this is another book where you're not sobbing like it's not one of those it kind of makes you feel like sunshine like the author wants you to feel yeah I definitely got that too it was spicy though I like spice I gave it two peppers I gave it one and a half Hmm. well I was obsessed a couple of quotes that I have. The following are all from one scene. Luke says, he was also very talkative. Another thing that I didn't love, um, Emmy stammered a lot and it was like in the writing. I wasn't getting behind that. So I was just, I was 
making this book what I wanted it to be in my sweet little delusional head. <laughs> and in my head, he didn't say sugar and she didn't stammer. But Luke says, stop staring at my cock like that. And she says, like what? And he says, like, you want me to put you on your knees and shove it down your throat. Would you like that? Redacted. <laughs> my cock in your hot little mouth. Fuck, you're so wet. Is this all for me? Mm-hmm. Different scene. My greedy girl came all over my tongue and now she wants to come on my cock. We also got needy girl and a couple of good girls. So this was right up my alley. And then at one point she goes to his bar trying, she was like horny, trying to get something out of him. And he says, you want to know what's bad? You bringing this bear, oh, she doesn't wear underwear. You want to know what's bad? You bringing this bear pussy into my bar like a perfect little slut. Hallelujah. And let the angels sing. That's how I feel about that. I think an important aspect that made this book hot was there was a lot of tension mm-hmm. and like for like the belt buckle loop, like when he grabbed her belt buckle, the waterfall, his pickup truck, like it was building in a hot way. Um, a few things I like. Um, he says, I gripped her throat lightly, applying the faintest amount of pressure on the sides. Emmy's head fell back against my shoulder. Yes, yes, yes. She breathed. You're so deep like this. And he goes, you were made for me. I told her. Like, that is just yeah, perfect. Yeah, And I like the fact that even, like, with the spice, like, he didn't treat her like Gus's younger sister. He was like, she's capable. Like, she's like, I want it rougher. And he was like, okay. Yeah. And then even though they, like, didn't, like, go all the way, I think the car scene was really hot with, like, the bed of his truck. So he goes, I turned this around so her back was facing the inside of my truck. I didn't break our kiss as I carefully moved both of us inside, pushing her along the bench until she was laying down, legs still wrapped around me. I just thought that that scene was just really hot. But Luke liked oral. He liked receiving oral. He liked being rough with oral. And the spice just, like, naturally happened. It wasn't just, like, awkwardly placed. Yeah. I cannot believe that I forgot the waterfall scene because that was probably one of my favorite scenes in this whole book. Yeah, it was so sweet. I think that it would have been hotter if the first night when she's at the bar, they like hook up in like the bathroom or something. Mm. Like and like that would have been I think that would have elevated the spice level for me, but it was spicing. You do love a bar bathroom hookup. Yeah. No one can take that away from you. No. <laughs> yeah, I liked the water the waterfall scene felt so intimate because he was like this is, I've never brought anybody else here. Like, this is very much my happy place and I'm just happy to have you in it. And I just think that like, there are lots of different kinds of intimacy and that was just so sweet. And their touches and their little like teasing and temptations. I just loved it. Yeah. And so that's the thing, like, even though they didn't like officially have sex until like 58% or it was like part, but it was like, there's still the touches. Like you knew it was going to happen. Like, you knew that sex was going to happen. Yeah, for sure. And it was, it delivered. It was good. He was very vocal in bed. I was very into it. I was thankful. Thankful. I was too. Okay. So getting into discussion questions. So, Sav, what do you think is hotter? A man being good with kids or a man being good with your animals? Oh, this is hard. Because I think a man being good with dogs is very hot. And, like, being a dog person 
but there is like nothing hotter in my mind than a man that is like really good with kids and like patient. Yes. I'm stressed because like these are my animals. Exactly. These are not That's my kids. Yeah. And I view my animals as my kids. Especially because you're a cat person. I feel like everybody can be a dog person, but not everybody can be a cat person. No. I'm going to have to go with being good with my animals. That's fair. I saw that going that way for you. Yeah. Because, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, it makes sense because Luke does hang out with kids a lot. But I'm thinking about, like, my, like, how often would my guy interact with kids? Yeah. That That's aren't fair. mine. That's fair. I'm going to go that way. My question is, have you seen the TikToks of these cowboys warming up? No. <laughs> I need to find one and send it to you. This has nothing on hockey warm-ups. They're, like, fucking dropping it low and, like, wiggling their hips around. It is sensual. I ended up on Irish rugby TikTok. I have also ended up on Irish <laughs> rugby TikTok. I am also there. It's a beautiful place to be. Yeah. Dude, my Joe Burrow thirst traps have gotten out of hand. Seth and I were watching TikTok the other night. Every third one was Joe Burrow. And he was like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Like, it's embarrassing when it's other people. It's fine if it's just me. It was too much for another human to be around me. That's funny. (laughs) I think I've had enough. He was like, this is a lot. (laughs) Like, for any person. I really, I don't know if I've said this on here before, but next summer, I really want to go to the rodeo. I want to do the outfits. I want to go to a rodeo. Okay. I'll go with you. Okay. Perfect. Sounds good. Okay. Getting into our favorite segment on the pod, how we would view Luke. (laughs) I posted this on our Instagram story as I was doing this. I couldn't find who I was looking for, so I Googled hot Western men. (laughs) did you get like kevin costner no i got like um, i'm watching the story right now i got like pinterest level (laughs) hot western men it was cringy so then i had to pivot and google hottest men in country music and that put me in a better direction so i'm picturing luke as jake owen do you know what he looks like yes he's hot He's fine. Is that the one that's like country girl, shake it for me? First of all, that's Luke Bryan. Okay. Nice. And Luke Bryan went to Georgia Southern, so you should know. I know, I know. Okay. I thought Jake Owen saying that. I know who Jake Owen is. You cannot have a camo boyfriend and not know who Luke Bryan is. <laughs> so yeah, that thanks Google for my hottest men in country um search. I think that Luke would have the sexiest forearms you've ever seen. Wears the hell out of a pair of jeans and a backwards baseball hat. Does the backing up one-handed thing for sure. I think that he would like be an expert bug killer. Like if you were in the bathroom and there is a spider, he is coming to your rescue. Loves you enough to stick up for you in front of your family and friends. Like at the dinner table, none of these brothers are ever giving any shit again, which I appreciate. Hottest dad in the pickup line. I think he would be, like, cleaning a gun when a boy comes to take your daughter to, like, prom. And I think his voice 
has the Matthew McConaughey twang from How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Yeah, he definitely has that accent. Mm-hmm. That like kind it's like kind of subtle, but it's there. That is the sexiest voice I've ever heard, is specifically Matthew McConaughey and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. So to me, Luke reminded me of Jess Mariano from Gilmore Girls. I think it was like the hair, because like she was saying that he has like the brown hair that like goes to his neck, it's a little bit curly. Um, his daily attire is faded jeans and a cowboy hat, but he does rock a tux when he needs to. He is up before the sun is up and always makes you coffee, and he places it next to the flowers that he picked for you. He is an absolute dilf, and all the kids love him. He loves to swear, but he does it to, like, annoy you and make you giggle. He's very big into PDA, and he'll always smack your butt when you are near. I love that. I think we painted a very gorgeous Yeah, we did. Kind of just that country boy. Country boy. So getting into our next segment, our scientifically proven boyfriend pyramid. So at the bottom, you have ultimate friends with benefits, could be situationship, one night thing. It's just the bottom of the totem pole. Then the next, you have meet the parents. He could be the one, could not be the one. There's possible movement for him at meet the parents. Then we have white picket fence. You guys are happily married. You guys have the kids. This situation, you have the farm, the cows, the horses. You're living happily ever after. And God's here is just when he just has that umph. Like nothing can be Luke Brooks if he is God's here. So Sav, where are you putting him? First of all, I love how white picket fence when we're doing cowboys includes the farm. (laughs) (laughs) It's not you have the white picket fence, you have the farm and the cows. I personally am putting Luke and God's here. I'm putting him at meet the the family. I was going to say you were not, and that's okay. Yeah, I'm going to put him at meet the family. Like, there's potential for him. I have just been in my cowgirl era this summer, and not everybody has to be in this cowgirl era with me, and that's okay. But me personally, I am loving cowboys. Yeah, I just needed a little bit more oomph. That's fair. I needed nothing. I would get on a horse with him and ride away into the sunset. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of The Spice Rack. Our last, it feels like our last rendition of Cowboy Summer of Done and Dusted by Lila Sage. And now that it's fall, we're going to get back into our dark era. So we're going to read Cruel King by Rena Kent next week. We don't have it. Listen, if you've been here for like a couple months, Emily's been supposed to be reading this book since fucking May. <laughs> so we're finally going to do it. Neither of us have read it yet, but I mean, it's Rena. So we know what we're getting into. Well, the end of Yeehaw season has come. <laughs> but hey, I'm proud of us. We we went from absolutely refusing to do small town to having an era. I honestly am sad that Yeehaw summer has come to an end. It was a joyous time. It really was. And back to our roots we go. Stalking, murdering, all the good <laughs> stuff that Emily loves. I was in my peak Spice Rock Pod era this summer, and now I'm going into Emily's peak Spice Rock Pod era. Looking forward to it. (laughs) Okay, bye guys. Talk to you guys next week. Bye.